Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 through 5. Now, I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it reads essentially like the old, except some modern English words are substituted for some of the old English words, and the these and the thous are gone, and what you'll see now is uh, you and you know, the modern pronouns that we use. Uh, but other than that, it should read essentially the same. And if you've got a Bible that reads remarkably different, you better throw that thing away and get yourself, get yourself a good Bible. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 26, uh, verses 1 through 5, says this. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my statutes and my laws. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. And the second sermon in this series is entitled, Stay in your assignment. Stay in your assignment. Now, you know, we Americans, of all the people of the earth, really live in a very, very mobile society. We, we move quickly and fairly easily. For one thing, we have a freedom of travel is one of the fundamental rights enshrined in the Constitution, and, and Americans like to go. Uh, you know, the news uh, in every holiday chronicles how many people will be traveling, how many will get on airplanes, how many will be on the roads, how many will travel here and there. Uh, and so we are very mobile people. You know, there, there was a time even in our country when uh, first, second, third, fourth generations stayed exactly where their ancestors were. People didn't move. But that's changed. Uh, where your children are born is less likely than ever to be where they will live and grow and raise their own families. Because they'll get jobs in other places or they'll decide they want to go other places. I mean, our children were born in Chester, Pennsylvania and, uh, and, and Boston, Massachusetts. And our son never lived in Chester, Pennsylvania except for a few months. And our daughters, one of them is now in Atlanta. My son is down in Texas and one of them stayed in Boston. But but we we're even hearing we're even hearing from her that she might not do that. <laughs> so she might not remain there. So we're, we're a very, very mobile society. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, with moving. Remember, the story that we're 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 reading right now is about the son of a man who got up and moved. Amen. Abraham heard from God, got up and left the Ur of the Chaldees and went where God told him to go. So there's nothing wrong with moving, amen? Right. However, however, it has been my experience over 40 years of ministry that 
Christians often move for fleshly reasons rather than spiritual reasons. See, most of the time for Christians, I found that most of the time for Christians, spiritual reasons are at best secondary or a footnote. There are fleshly and, and earthly and material reasons that prompt us to jump up and go. And then we try to bring whatever spiritual reasons there are behind with us. So since church mobility is one of the byproducts of living in this very mobile society, it's also been my observation that people often stay in churches for the wrong reason and leave churches for the wrong reason. Now, you know, I've heard a whole lot of excuses for people jumping up and running. I think I've heard the, the, the best one yet. Uh, the best one I've ever heard is, is somebody came to me and said, uh, you, you cover too many scriptures when you're teaching. I'm serious. You cover too many scriptures. I said, well, I said, but that's the way God leads me to teach. I said, and that's what the D CDs for are for and the, and the DVDs are for, so that you can go back and you can listen and you can pause and you can go to that scripture. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you ought to do it this way. And left. <laughs> now, that's the, that, that, that one takes the cake. You, you leave the church because there's a little bit too much Bible here. But I mean, I, look, I, that, and I'm not making fun of that, but, but it's, just, it's, it's just that Christians very often jump up and leave, not because God is directing them to leave, but because there's something in their own minds, their own flesh, that makes them think that they ought to jump up and go somewhere else. Amen? Amen. 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 So, so this, this mobility has fed this horrible misimpression. And I've not been immune to it any more than anybody else. And this is the misimpression. That when you change your location, you will change your life. Right. And you know what? You can change your location, but if your life is full of mess, you're going to take all the mess with you. Changing your location is not going to change your life. Um, and look, unless... Now, Abraham got up and moved because God directed him to move. If God is directing you to move and you've got a conviction about that, fine, great, praise God. But make sure it's God and not you. Because you know our emotions are very tricky. And Satan is the past master of our emotions. He knows how to use them. Look, he's not all wise. He's not all knowing. He's not in every place. He's not like God. Satan is not everywhere at the same time. You know, people have that, that idea you know, often we, 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 we talk about Satan, we anthropomorphize him like he's, a, like he's a, 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 a person who's with each one of us. But, you know, Satan can't be everywhere at once. He's got little demons. And, you know, I, I think it's a badge of honor that if you attract the big demons. Hey, man, he got to say, I want to I have to say, no, send, I, you got to send a big one for him. Hey, Amen. But often this little, little demon is just, just dogging us, trying to mess with us. And we think that if we change locations, we're going to change our circumstance or change our attitude or change what is happening for us when the fact of the matter is that's not the case. Amen? 
Now look, when my wife and I decided we were going to leave Massachusetts, and I decided first, by the way, because I really felt the Lord had spoken to me. And I said to her back in 1991, I said, you know, I really believe the Lord has spoken to me and told us we're leaving. Well, a year later, we hadn't gone anywhere. Two years later, we hadn't gone anywhere. Three years later, we hadn't gone anywhere. Four years later, five years later, six years later, we hadn't gone anywhere. Because all that time, I'm waiting to hear from God, what, well, well Lord, okay, I know we're leaving here, but, I'm, I, you know, I can't just, I, I did not get an Abrahamic-type covenant, just get up and go, put stuff in the moving van, and, and head down the highway. So I was waiting to hear from God, where are we going? And so finally, after seven years, I heard from God. Now, look, I did not move for any reason other than I really knew in my heart that that was what God wanted us to do. That was it. That was all. Okay. Because things in many ways were going quite well in Massachusetts. I mean, I had a law practice. I was running a radio station for for time. I had a lot of contacts and, and, and people that I knew and worked with there. I mean, even though there were some problems that I had in Massachusetts, um, I, I, had a, I had a pretty nice perch there, if you will. Amen? Amen. But I knew God was ready for us to go. So when the Lord finally spoke to us and said, Virginia is where you're going, my ancestral home, and I thought, okay, well, praise God. This was what was in my mind. Wow. I finally get to live in a state that is not crazy liberal and I can I can have representation that's not nuts you know have somebody representing me in Congress who shares my values and I we got down here and found out we were living in Randy Forbes district Randy Forbes born again believer teaching Sunday school loves the Lord and I'm thinking oh my Lord it, it's not heaven but I'll tell you what it feels that way now 23 years later, doesn't feel so much that way. Now, here's what I want you to, to grab hold of. What if my move was simply because I wanted to go to a place that I thought socially and politically and spiritually would be more comfortable for me? What if that was my motive? You know what I'd be doing right now? Looking for someplace else. See, because I thought that the circumstances were going to be completely different, but they aren't. It took a while for the devil to head on down here and do his stuff down here. But here he is. I often joke, I said, boy, they followed me. <laughs> but, but we're not done. We're not done here in Virginia. I really believe we're going to complete, reclaim Virginia for the Judeo-Christian values and principles upon which the Commonwealth of Virginia was founded. And I really believe that's one of the reasons God has me here. But if I were just here because I was looking for a place that made me feel more comfortable, I'd be listening to my friends down in Texas saying, come on down here. And I, I'll laugh and say, no, I'm not going. The, the Lord placed me here. This is where I'm going to stay. But you see, if you move for fleshly reasons, if you move because you think you're going to be more comfortable, things are going to be better for you, and God's not in that, guess what? All the issues that you had will follow you and dislodge you there too. And a lot of times, that's what creates church hopping. Because people have an issue with authority, or they, 
they have some other issue, and they take that to the next place they go. And then before long, it starts to emerge again. They're not happy again. Are you all hearing me? Amen. Amen. Because they didn't move for God in the first place. See, if you move for God, if God moves you, there's going to be stability in that. Amen. Amen. God's not going to bounce you around, you know, hither and yon with the way some people do today. Praise God. Amen. Let's say amen again because it's the truth. Praise God. And by the way, during that time, I never went through any phase of thinking, well, Lord, I just got a break here and maybe I don't need to move. Well, Lord, this is going pretty well and maybe this is where I should stay. I knew God was, was moving us. And it wasn't based on flesh because if it's based on flesh, whatever little uh, breaks or uh, uh, blessings came along the way, I would have thought, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I miss God. I don't need to go. We need to stay right here. Amen. And in the same way, I've told you all, when we got down here, the, 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 the first big thing that happened was Hurricane Isabel. And if I'd been here in the flesh, I'd have said, now, Lord, I know I must have missed it. I've been up there over 20 years and no hurricanes. I get down here and boom, here comes a hurricane. And then, as I've said before, um, I was running an organization, well-funded, and as soon as I opened up the church, the board resigned on me, took away my funding, and boom, we were, we were kind of just, just left on our own without any financial uh, 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 stability at all. I could have said then, well, Lord, I know I missed it now. I know I'm supposed to go back now. But you know, this is a lesson I've learned not only from scripture, but I've also learned this from our founding father, George Washington, because to me, he really is the penultimate example of this. Just because God is in something doesn't mean it's easy. I know that God was in the founding of this nation, but if you'd asked George Washington in the middle of the Revolutionary War, he'd have said, yeah, he's in it, but sometimes I have a hard time finding him. Because he was losing by the numbers. And it did not look good. But God was in it every step of the way. Amen? Amen. So don't, don't think, well, if I do make a move, it ought to be all peaches and cream. No, no, no. Because the devil's going to try to harass you wherever you go. Amen? Amen. 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 So, so here we are now in, in Virginia. I remember um, that I had a lot of issues in Massachusetts. One of the issues I had, I think I told you all that the first really strong activism I jumped into in Massachusetts after I got out of law school was against this so-called gay rights bill. Now, the rest of the country hadn't even heard of any such thing. And I, I'm not sure whether Massachusetts was first or second, but Massachusetts and California were right there together trying to pass this so-called gay rights bill. And we were all standing in the gap warning, saying this thing has implications beyond anything you all have even considered. And I even had conservatives say, no, 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 it's not about that. We, we don't want to go there. Because I was raising the issue of same-sex homosexual marriage. And people would laugh at me, literally, and say, well, come on, we know that's not, everybody knows that'll never happen. Well, one of the issues that I had was, um, because Massachusetts did finally pass it after 17 years, 17 years, was they, in, in Massachusetts, they took the step of banning any Christian organization that would not place children in same -sex, with same-sex couples. 
And what they did was they closed up, Massachusetts closed up every adoption agency that was Christian. Every single one. They closed them. You could stay open if you called yourself Christian, but you were willing to place children in same-sex couples, same-sex couples. But if you said, no, that's against the word of God, we won't do that. Catholic, Protestant, closed them all. Just shut them down. Because you all aren't with us. And I thought, man, I look forward to going to a place where we don't have to deal with that kind of nonsense. Got down here, and Obama-appointed judge um, uh, uh, overturned the constitutionally passed uh, amendment to the Virginia Constitution, which said marriage is a union between one man and one woman, and some pinhead federal judge said, oh, no, it's not. I'm going to decide this and overturn the thing in court. So here again, I've had plenty of reasons to think, my goodness gracious, Lord, this is no better than what I was dealing with there. But you better be sure that God moved you because then when things like that begin to happen that you weren't anticipating, you don't get easily shaken. Amen. You know, Psalm 112 says that the, the, the one who delights himself in the law of the Lord said he is not shaken because his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And that's what you've got to be willing to do. Trust in God to be the one who moves you rather than you moving yourself. Amen. Don't 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 move because of your job. Don't move because of your finances and don't make a move because you're somehow emotionally unhappy or things aren't, don't seem to be. And people leave marriages for the same stupid reasons. Yeah, and I call them stupid reasons because people don't understand Christian and biblical and agape love and they get this, this misguided sense of what love is. They're too busy looking at uh, as the world turns or whatever and... and and then they get antsy. They become unstable. Don't move for those reasons. Move because the Lord is telling you. And, and be, be stable because the Lord is telling you. Amen? In other words, look to God for guidance and direction, not to your own flesh. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And what? He will direct your paths. People have asked me over the years, well, Bishop, how do I know that God is directing my path? I say, you read that scripture, you confess that, and then you, that's it. Amen. Well, wait a minute, how do I know? Because he said so. Because, Lord, I'm trusting in you with all my heart. I'm leaning not to my own understanding. I know you will direct my path. I'm not looking for the third Volkswagen to come by at 3 o'clock. You know, or for the, or for at, at just the precise time, Lord, let, let a robin redbreast land on my, my windsill, my windowsill. I mean, all that stupid mess. Don't put out a fleece. You don't need to put out, look, Gideon put out a fleece, right? That's old covenant stuff, folks. The Bible says we're led by the spirit. And by the way, read the rest of the story. Gideon didn't ultimately work out so well. He got the job done that God needed him to do, but Gideon became corrupt. Don't, don't, no, no. The Bible says those who are the children of God are the ones who are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you got to be guided by the Holy Spirit. That's what you're looking for, not by the circumstances. See, I, look, I'm convinced because even pe people, the, the, the left convinced us that all the founding fathers were deists. 
and they didn't believe in God the way we did. Now we know that's a lie. Most of them were born again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were, they were men of God. And I'm convinced that their move was based on prayer because uh, Ben Franklin during the Constitutional Convention said so. He said, every step along the way we prayed and God has heard our prayers. That's how we got here. He said, now if we're going to get through this, we got to do the same thing. So we know that prayer was very much a part of how they moved. Amen. I mean, uh, Patrick Henry was a preacher par excellence. And he was the one who let them know that he was not willing to surrender his liberty for his life. He said, as for me, give me liberty or give me death. I'll die before I'll be a slave to Great Britain. Amen. Are you all hearing me? Praise God. Praise God. So the problems we think we're avoiding by jumping, we will jump right back into. So just be sure that you're not jumping from the flesh, that you're really being led by the spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, there's not going to be a perfect situation. So I'm sure Isaac probably felt at the time we entered the scripture talking about him. Well, you led my father to the promised land. He had a famine and now I'm having one. Some promised land. You see what I'm saying? Looking at the circumstances, looking at the physical, looking at the material. Praise God. But he was dwelling in the land of promise. This is where God had led him. And, 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 and notice his attitude. His thought is, this is not going well. I think I'm going to head down to Egypt. And what did God say? Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Now, wait a minute, Lord. There's a famine, right? Egypt's doing okay. I'm going to probably be struggling here. It makes sense for me to go down to Egypt. God said, no, it doesn't. Not in my economy, it doesn't. See, it, it obviously felt right to, to Isaac, but God had a different plan for him. You know, God can bless you where you don't even see it coming. So in other words, God said to him, Isaac, your success is not in your location. Your success is in your vocation. Not your location, but your vocation. In other words, Isaac, your success is in doing what I've called you to do. Not changing where you are. Are you all hearing me? Yes, Amen. He said, now I've called you out of Egypt. Why are you going back? I've called you out of where you were. Why are you, why are you going somewhere else? Amen. While I was in Dallas, uh, Texas at the um, National Association of Christian Lawmakers Conference on Friday. And um, one of the women who spoke, uh, Victoria Strong, is a representative in Vermont. Great woman of God. Um, and of course, I was really shocked when they introduced her because I'd never heard of her before and put her up on the stage because I'm thinking, Vermont? Are there any Christians left in Vermont? Well, she got up and began to tell her story. And, and I, I really, I don't know how she told it. She and her husband are both born again believers. They love the Lord and they're, they're servers of the living God. 
and they, they, I believe they homeschooled their son. They brought him up to be a Christian. 911 hit. He, like so many other young patriotic Americans, decided they were going to go and defend our country. They were going to go and fight this effort to destroy America. And so he joined the Marine Corps and went off. Got sent to Iraq. And they, two believers, just bade their son in prayer, just prayed for him. God protect him, bring him back home, the things that you would expect Christian parents to be praying for. And six months later, two Marines knocked on their door to tell that mother and their father that their son had been killed in an ambush in Iraq, in Iraq and that he would not be coming home alive. And I don't even know how she told that story because, I mean, you could tell the pain as she, as she told the story and she and her husband had to deal with that. And she said that she would go to the graveyard and pray and, 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 and try to understand why, how. But, you know, I, I loved what she had to say because she didn't ask the question that most of us would tend to ask, God, why me? Why did this happen to me? You know what she was asking God? God, now what do you want to do with me? Because you can imagine how that arrests your life and sort of puts you at a kind of standstill because you're trying to process this, what's happened to you, and you're trying to deal with the grief and the pain and the anguish of this. And she was praying, Lord, what now do you want of me? You know what? A lot of Christians, a lot of Christians would have gone through a whole lot of, of thought processes that are not biblical at all, such as, I hate the country that sent my son off to die. Mm-hmm. Now, I hate the military that put my son in that position. And God, I hate you for letting my son die. I've watched it. I've seen it happen where people turn their back on God because something happens that shocked them that they didn't expect and they don't understand it and they blame God and turn their backs on him. Come on, do I have a witness here? Seen it happen, seen it happen. But that was not the question she asked. The question she asked was, Lord, what do you want to do with me and my husband? And in the middle of Vermont, God told her to get involved in the political life of the state of Vermont. Said she, she didn't see that one coming. She said, because when the Lord began to deal with her on that, she said, I had to first say, well, what do people do in this legislature in Vermont? Because she was completely, you know, it was like, just that was not what she was there for. She had, so she had to get educated about what the politics of, 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 of what the people in politics actually did. And so she began to learn about that and understand that, and, and, uh, and, and God ultimately led her 
to get elected to office. She was in one of those few, maybe the only one, <laughs> districts that would elect a Christian to office, a Bible-believing Christian. Says so then she gets there and she said, I wish I could say that it was so much nicer and so much better than anything.